Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 76, Mark Tennant, running for City Councilor in Ward 2, recorded on September 14th, 2018. Mark Tennant, you're running for City Councilor in Ward 2. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Good to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me. Firstly, tell us, who is Mark Tennant? Well, born and raised in Hamilton. I have worked in Hamilton. I worked in predominantly in downtown in a combination of many managerial business opportunities, as well as being a frontline social worker. I love to exercise. Uh, I love animals, like my, my own space at times. But I'm a person that really likes to be a part of another person's journey, empowering other people. So that brought me to social work. Why are you running? I am running because I have a deep felt passion for the community, which is the downtown community. There's a quote by Herb Brooks is that uh, great moments come from great opportunities. And because I have a strong awareness of the social economics because of my 26 years in working frontline in social work, I feel that there is a need for change. I feel there is a need to truly understand the social economics in the area. And from a frontline perspective, and also from an empathetic perspective, I feel I can make a big difference. Do you live in Ward 2? Yes or no? No, I do not. Does it matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent? It matters if they're not invested in the community. Uh, I have been invested in the community, the downtown area, for 32 years in both working and in a managerial capacity, but mostly the last 26 years as a frontline social worker. So I have worked with people, advocated for people, have been a confidant to many, and also have played a role in mentoring many students to find work in the community as well and to teach them life skills. So in saying that, I think I have a greater awareness of the issues of Ward 2 than I do in the area I live in. How have you contributed to the Ward 2 community and to our city? Being a business manager, so I have worked in various different business management opportunities, but I would say that my greater impact is my social work. The partnerships with various different organizations, making necessary referrals to families and individuals, newcomers coming to the city, people who struggle with mental health and addiction, helping people just get on their feet, knowing that they have an advocate, an empathetic advocate, I've been doing this for 26 years, and you know there are people that come and visit me even now after knowing me for 10 or 15 years when they need to have an empathetic voice, a confidant, just to talk to because they feel like they're going to fall back into a cycle. So it's every single day for 26 years being an advocate, an empathetic advocate, and being a leader in the community. What are your two priorities for Ward 2 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? The two priorities for Ward 2 are to improve the social economic health of the community. I believe that's been something that's been not so much ignored, but hasn't been solved. And I would say healthy land use and mixed-use development. The city, I'd say transit and infrastructure across the city. What are three skills that you will bring to elected office that makes you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on city council? Empathetic an advocate, and leadership. So I'm a very empathetic person to the point where when you walk a mile in someone's shoes and you get it, you're able to empathize. And doing so, you're able to advocate 
in a very powerful way. And then there's the leadership skills that I have from experience, proven leadership, as well as transparent leadership. Managing development is one of the most important and high-profile roles of the Ward 2 City Councilor. It is a challenging responsibility to ensure zoning changes facilitate development which benefits the community, while at the same time preventing land speculation which leaves properties vacant, underutilized, and ultimately harms the fabric of the community. What will be your process for evaluating development applications, and how will you manage competing planning interests in Ward 2? First of all, we need to look at mixed-use development, which is a blended residential and commercial but they need to be affordable. We have to avoid gentrification and land speculation. You can take a look at the option of going public ownership. Public ownership will keep costs down. It will bring in, especially in a mixed-used situation, you would bring in new entrepreneurs. You would not change the landscape of its heritage. There's also looking at the Singapore model, where you can actually build some affordable housing through public. When you're looking at private you need to definitely assess the private bid, have a checklist, maybe even have an independent review. Therefore, there's no biasness. There's no self-interest or special interest involved. Take a look at their reputation, their history, their motives, their bequest motives. At the end of the day, we need to speak to the neighborhood associations. We need to hear what the community is saying about that area. What's best for them? Therefore, we can look at it, whether it's best to go public whether it's look at a private bid. At the end of the day, we do not want to have vacant buildings sitting there waiting to see if the cost goes up. We do not want to have gentrification where the cost is going up so high that people are being displaced. So what I would do is that I would, I would actually have a checklist for private bids as well as take a look at what's best for the community, whether it's public ownership. Hamilton has a rental affordability problem. Ward 2 has seen a significant and marked decrease in affordability during the past decade. How will you address housing affordability in Ward 2 and across Hamilton? There's a long waiting list for rent-geared income. And when you're on the waiting list, you get the portable housing benefit, which only 3,000 Ontarians actually are allowed to get. Maybe there's a way of looking at affordable housing by changing the format of the portable housing benefit for those that are on the waiting list for rent-geared income. Yes, there's new development coming in. You're looking at the old Ken Sobel building. You're looking at the City Motor Hotel location but they're both going to be senior development. I applaud senior development because I have spoken to many seniors that are now living in poverty because their fixed pensions are no longer enough to survive. There's also, we need to also look at the Landlord-Tenant Act, Landlord-Tenant Board, holding landlords accountable so we're not causing displacement. And also city housing. You have the Ken Sobel situation where the building ended up being condemned and 146 families were displaced. Could we have been more proactive in repairing those those units. So we're going to maybe looking at more basically inspections to reduce substandard housing. So I applaud public geared to rent income and more of that to come. So that's publicly owned land. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? When I was out canvassing the other day, I met a gentleman on James Street North. He was a retired city worker. He worked in public works. And as we were standing on James North, he pointed out the shrubbery on the boulevards and how they were out of control. He pointed out the broken asphalt around the sewer grades. And he was sharing with me what his job was when he worked, how that would not be the conditions. 
I, I do, I'm not at city council at the moment, so I don't know the condition of public works. But what I can say, that'd be one area where we want to be able to provide jobs and opportunity because there's a lot of work to be done to improve our roads and our sidewalks and our curbs, have better engineering on our curbs and sidewalks so people who are using motorized ways of transportation aren't tipping over because the engineering isn't right. Another area is looking at bylaw. We have a lot of people who want to provide entertainment, and a lot of them are being uh, told that they cannot due to certain bylaw re regulations. So those will be our two to come to mind, is uh, public works and bylaw. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? The socioeconomic issues that will improve the quality of life, and I would say mixed land use, making sure that uh, we are using proper development provide affordable housing, and also to reduce uh, gentrification. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates, such as the top three, they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? My position on ranked ballots is that the voter needs to have enough information on each candidate to be able to rank them. I feel at a municipal level that uh, the onus is on the candidate to be able to provide that information and in their platform. It's very difficult because not all of us have all the resources. Therefore, a very dependable candidate may not get his or her voice out there. So at the moment, I think that we need to improve the awareness of each candidate's platform. For example, what we're doing here. I commend you for bringing me in for this podcast. We've had Cable 14. We've had Raise the Hammer. We've had CBC Radio. Many others have shared our platform but to have ranked balloting, I think we need to do, do more to provide enough information so there's fairness for every candidate to get their platform out there to be able to be ranked. So a candidate isn't not ranked because they just don't have the resources to get their message out. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? There's a number of things. In civic governance, there needs to be participation, rule of law, transparency, accountability, consensus, equity, effectiveness and efficiency, and strategic vision. Every candidate must be willing to be every one of those categories. So that would be one way of improving by making sure that we meet those qualifications of civic governance. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? The City's strategic plan regarding vision, mission, and culture it takes a look at, they say that we are a city that is the best place for a child to grow, with, grow up in, as well as to age in. In saying that, recent studies have shown that Hamilton is rated 202nd best city to live in. And therefore, those two platforms are not reality at this time. So to answer your question, the manager must be a person of, let's say, integrity, transparency, must recognize a faulty business plan from a distance and be able to write a good business plan, must be able to reach out across the aisle and work in a bipartisan way, but also has to understand that we need to move the city in a better direction. We have dropped over 139 points in two years as the best city to live in, according to Money Sense. We have a low rating as the best city to live in or one of the best cities to live in to retire in. And with 34% of children living in poverty, we don't meet that status quo. So the business manager must also take a look at our city's identity. 
we haven't lost our identity, but we're still trying to find it in a lot of ways. And this person needs to be transparent as well, person of integrity, and as I mentioned, a really strong business manager. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? Well, resource allocation is signing and managing assets to support the strategic plan. And also the course of action is a return on investment. What is the strategic plan? What is the strategic goal? Well, it's to better the lives of the people. That means you've got to prioritize limited resources and your priorities have to be in place to how that's prioritized. It cannot be to special interest. It cannot be to self-interest. You engage the community. You find out what's the best interest of the betterment of the community. And what is the return on investment? It's a healthy community. There's a formula that I believe in. It's economic activity is shaped by social progresses. A healthy community equals a strong local economy, not the other way around. So as you're allocating resources, you have to allocate it towards the end result of a healthy community, which is improvements in social economics. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council? And what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? Three words to describe me would be person of integrity, a strong advocate, and empathetic. I would believe that for council, we worked together. We were also transparent, and we engaged the community for what the community wanted to hold on to our heritage, to hold on to our identity, not to lose it. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks that you wish to share? Well, I put my name in the hat because I believe that I'm a strong business manager, and I have a strong understanding of social economics. In saying that, I'm a hard worker, and I'll get the job done. And if you want someone that's going to take a look at the war differently, who's willing to have a frontline empathetic approach, a one-on-one approach, I will always return phone calls. I'll always return emails. I already have a reputation of doing that already. I'm already frontline. I want to continue doing what I'm doing already, but in a different capacity. Put your trust in me. You won't be, yeah, she won't be disappointed. Thank you for joining us. I wish to thank the Red Hill Branch of the Hamilton Public Library for the use of its sound studio where we recorded this podcast. This has been episode 76 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local independent reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.